0: Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Um, you know, there are indicators um, of when somebody loves you. You know what I mean? Like, how many of you know, like, you know when somebody loves you? Like, you even know when your dog loves you or when your dog doesn't love you. And and there are indicators of of love. There are indicators when someone loves you. Like there are signals of of when someone, like like body language, text messages, the emojis that they send you or you send them. Like when when you love somebody, like the whole five love languages, if you know that, words of affirmation, physical touch. Like all of those five love, when somebody loves you, when there is love, like you know it. You don't have to guess about it. Like, you just know it. You sense it. You feel it because of the signals and the indicators that are there. And it's kind of like if you ever go to someone's house and they have your picture on their refrigerator. How many of you know they love you? Either that or they are stalkers. You know what I'm saying? Like, not stalkers like y- y'all know. And, and there are indicators when somebody loves you. Can I tell you one of the indicators that someone loves you is that when they are with you it's one thing to say that you are for somebody but it's another thing when you say i want to be with somebody I love our God because our God not only told us that he loves us. In fact, his word, this Bible that weighs a 100 pounds, it is filled. It is his love letter to you and I. Everything in this book resonates of God's love. It talks about his love. Even in the wars in the Bible, it's, it's all pinpointing and symbolizing God's love for us. His preserving his people. He tells us he loves us. But I love it that our God went another step. He didn't just tell us that he loved us, but he showed us that he loved us. How, Pastor? Because he said, I don't want to just tell them how I feel. I want to show them how I feel. I want to be with humanity. Be careful of someone that says they're for you, but they're not willing to be with you. You see, not everyone who is for you is with you. But if they are with you, they are for you. Jesus said this, I'll go, I'll raise my hand, I'll be the one to go to humanity because I understand that our words are not enough, but our actions will prove the words that come out of our mouth. Is there anybody here today that you are so thankful that God is with us today? He is Emmanuel, God with us. You see, here's what we know in Romans chapter 8, it even says this, that, that with Jesus, there, there's nothing you can do to even separate you for, from his love. So let me tell you this. God with us, how does that look every single day? Like, Pastor, is that just in the good times, the bad times? What, what times? Today I want to give you four, four ways that you will know that God loves you, God's with you, and God saves you. Are you ready? Come on, do you have your notes today? You have your notes. Come on, would you write this down? Number one, write this down in your notes. Jesus is with me in my storm. Anybody thankful that Jesus is with you in your storm? Like all hell can be breaking out in your life. I mean, the wind is in your face, the waves are crashing against your life. It can be sleep, it can be snow, it can be windy, it can be rocky, but how many of you know there is no storm that Jesus is not with you in. He is with you. He saves you. He's with you. He saves you in the storm. You see, I love this because in Matthew chapter 8, the disciples are on the boat with Jesus. And when they're on the boat with Jesus, um, they're they're, they're heading out to go to the other shore. So they're on on the sea and they're going out to the other shore. And while they're on this boat, all of a sudden a storm breaks out. Isn't it funny how in life that suddenly storms can break out? You ever been in a situation in your life where it's like all of a sudden like a storm breaks out? Like there are sudden storms and then there are storms that are caused by our own actions. Like self-inflicted storms. What are you saying? There are natural disasters, and then there are disasters that we bring on ourselves. But I'm here to tell you, regardless of the classification of your storm, Jesus is with you in the storm. Jesus can save you in the storm. Sometimes in our lives, you know, storms break out. In fact, in James, James says this, that this little thing right here, look, look, the tongue. The Bible says in James that the tongue is such a small part of the body, and yet it can start such a huge forest fire. In other words, it can start a storm in your life. Ever been in a storm in your life that you started a storm? Can I just tell you something? You're just like, I'm going to retaliate, and you get your Facebook fingers, come on. And you start a storm. Can I just tell you something? You might want to write this down in your note right now. Beware of people who are storm starters. How many of you know, we all have enough storms in our life. We don't need someone else in our life starting storms in our life come on, beware of storm starters and the Bible says that that sometimes because of our tongue which is such a small thing you can create such a huge storm I love it that the disciples are in the boat and they are freaking out in the middle of the storm but Jesus, the Bible says is taking a nap he's sleeping in the storm which shows me when you and I are freaking out Jesus is calm When you you and I are like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how we're going to make it. I don't know how we're going to get these bills. I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know. And you're you're freaking out. Jesus is not freaking out with you. Come on, that ought to bring confidence to somebody. I don't want a God that is easily scared. In your worst moments, God is in heaven and he's like, I got this. Why are you freaking out? You know what? Jesus, when, when he's on this boat, the disciples wake him up and they're panicking. They're like, Jesus, we're going to die. And I love it that Jesus doesn't even address the storm at first, but he addresses their faith. He says, Why do you have such little faith? Can I tell you, in the storms of your life, That is a great time for your faith to grow. That is a time that Jesus, before he addresses the storm, he wants to address your soul. He's not concerned about the storm, but he is concerned about your soul. He's concerned about you saying, God, I know that there's this storm in my life, but as long as you are on the boat... I know we're going to get to the other side. Is there somebody here at the 10 o'clock service you've ever been in a storm and Jesus has taken you through to the other side? Come on, 10 o'clock. Is there anybody here that you can look in your past and say, my God was with me then. I thought the boat was going to sink, but my God, he got me to the other. Come on, is there anybody today you're ready to let your faith grow? He's with us in the storm. She's like, why are you so afraid? If I'm on the boat, we're going to be all right. It's going to be okay as long as I'm on the boat. Why do you have such little faith? Don't you believe that Jesus has the power over the wind and the waves? I've come to tell you, whatever storm you're facing today, it could be financial, it could be emotional, it could be physical, it could be relational. It's not bigger than Jesus. Um, I put out on um, one of my accounts this week, like Instagram or Facebook, I only have one of each, but um, someone called me, I think it was on Friday, and, and they called me and they said, Pastor, you're not going to believe this. And I'm like, what? And they said, you know, September of last year, do you remember when we came to you brokenhearted and we were so much in despair because my wife was diagnosed with cancer and it was terminal. And, and, and the cancer, they said, go ahead and just take her home, make her comfortable in her last days. And we came to Brave Church and you preach the message. And in the lobby, we prayed a prayer of faith. And I remember looking at them. And I remember looking at them in the eye. And I said, this will not be the end. We rebuke Cancer. We rebuke every cancerous cell in Jesus' name. And let me tell you something. Since September, they've been in a storm. But can I tell you, Jesus has been in the storm with them. Because Jesus can save you from the storm. And it's so powerful because Friday, he called me and then she called me and then they called me. And everyone's crying and laughing on the phone. I'm like, what is going on? And they said, we just got the doctor's report. It was in her head. It was in her vertebrae. It was in her organ. It was in her bones from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. She was covered with cancer, but today she is cancer free. I'm here to tell you today, our God is bigger. He's bigger than your storm. He's bigger than your, someone needs to give God some praise in the 10 o'clock today. I've come fired up to preach because the God that we serve is not limited to the books of this Bible. He's alive today. He's in Miami. His power is in. Do you believe it? But he looks at them in the storm and says, oh, ye of little faith. He's not scared of the storm, but he's concerned for the soul. Talked to them, they said, Pastor, what God has done in us through these last six to nine months, we have grown so much. Can I tell you today, there is nothing that will happen to you that does not get the permission from the desk of heaven. Yes. Let me say that again nothing will happen to you in your life that does not get the permission from the desk of heaven you didn't bring your life there god allowed your life to get there That's right. yeah. you didn't bring that to happen god's allowing it to happen why because sometimes god will use a storm to get to our soul anybody thankful that god is with us in this i love this story while everyone else is wanting to bail the boat and get out of the boat jesus is right there he's like i'm not going anywhere I love my long brown hair being blown in this ocean breeze. Come on. I'm going to stay in the boat. Aren't you so thankful that God wants to stay in the boat with you? He wants to stay in your life with you. Come on. Somebody give God praise that he is the God who saves us in the storm. Number two, write this down. Write this down. Not only does he save us in the storm, but number two, he is with me in my success. Maybe you came to church when you were broken and hurting and and needing. Maybe you filled out a prayer card because you needed God. But can I tell you the truth? God is not a God who just wants to keep you desperate and longing and hurting and needy. Can I tell you? God wants to prosper you. He wants you to excel. He wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to have success. Yes, I said it. He wants you to succeed. God is not just the God of the storm. He is the God of success. John chapter 15 says this. In fact, in, in one chapter, seven times, Jesus says, remain and abide. Remain and abide. In other words, what he's saying is, stay in church, stay in Jesus, come to church more than once a month, you know, remain in me. He goes on to say, apart from me, you do no good thing. But if you remain in me, And my words remain in you. You may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are truly my disciples. And this brings glory to my Father. Did you read what that just said? That the way we know we are truly his disciples is that when there is great fruit in our life. He says this, he goes, when you produce much fruit, you are... My true disciple. Can I tell you? Jesus wants you to bear much fruit. Somebody say, mas frutas. <laughs> you know, I, I love sports, and um, God did not gift me with an athletic physique. Um, <laughs> Pastor Darrison is laughing a little too hard right there. And... Um, but, but I love watching sports, and, um, you know, the thing I, I love about it is, is I love watching the players play, but especially at Thanksgiving time, you know, like, the Dallas Cowboys always play because they're America's dream team, wow. and for some reason, all two of us love them. That's amazing. And, um, but it's amazing because, you know, Jerry, who's the owner of the uh, Dallas Cowboys, I remember watching them play one time, and, and, and the Dallas Cowboys actually won a game, and, um, like the Miami Dolphins, and, um... And they they won a game and and it is interesting to watch the owners' faces because you know they're up in the skybox they're up in the you know the executive suites and they're up in the expensive places and you know other coaches and and celebrities are up there and the owners just you know they're not dressed like the players they've got suits and ties on but when the team wins their face is just so ecstatic they're just so excited about the team that they own that they just won the game and, and I think about that and I see that and I think That is so interesting that the owner of the team is up in a skybox because God is not like that with you and I. God is on the field. He's in the huddle. He's in the locker room. God is not distant from you. God is right here in your life. Can I tell somebody? God is here and he is face to face with your life. He's interested in what's happening. Come on. Somebody needs to give God some thanks that he's not a God from a distance. But he is a God who is right here interested in the details of your life. In fact, the Bible says this, that he even has counted and numbered the hairs on your head. Which means this, it's not that God's like, oh, you have a bunch of hair, but no, no, no. He's numbered each of them. Someone's like, Pastor, but I got, I got facial hair. He knows those too. he knows so much about you and it's not because he hates you but it's because he loves you. You see he's with us in our storm, but he is also with us in our success what kind of weird God would we be serving if he just wanted to keep us crushed and beaten down and discouraged and just in this place where we just we run to him because we are just in so much need can I tell you God wants to be the God in your need but he also wants to be the God in your praise report when you can fill out a card and say I once had cancer but now I'm healed I didn't know how I was gonna get through but God has broken addiction off of my life can I tell you God God is the God of your success. He is the God of your breakthrough. He is the God of freedom. He is the God of restoration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But number three, write this down. He's not only just the God of our storm. He doesn't just save me in my storm. He's not just with me in my success. But Jesus is with me in this season. Let me encourage you. I, I don't know what season you're in right now in your life. Some of us, we we came in, and you're in a season of faith, and you're taking big risks. Some of us are in a season of fear, so you're pulling back. Some of us are in seasons of like grinding, like you're just making it happen, and others of us, we're in seasons of waiting. Because you're trying to gather yourself. Can I tell you something? That God is the God of every single season that you will face. He, he saves us in every season. You see, you're in this season that you're in because it's a God-appointed season. You're in this season because God's wanting to do something in you in this season some of us are in good seasons some of us are in bad seasons regardless of what season you're in god wants to do something deep in your heart in this season that you are experiencing i, I love the word of god and it says it's that the steps of the righteous are ordered of god my question for you today is what season are you in Do you know? Because I tell you, one of the hardest things about going through a season is not knowing what season you're in. It starts with us identifying our season. Nothing is more frustrating than an unidentified season. That's why in 1st Chronicles chapter 12, it talks about the 12 tribes of Israel. So rewind the Old Testament. God's people were divided into 12 tribes and there was this one particular tribe. That they had a role they had a task which can I tell you if brave church is your home church come on there is a role for you there is a place for you to fulfill your calling there's begin there's brave life there's a place for you to serve and it says this that the tribes of Israel they knew their role and look what it says in first Chronicles chapter 12 from the tribe of Issachar there were 200 leaders of the tribe with all the relatives And all of these men understood the sign of the times and knew the best course of action to take. In other words, they knew the season that they were in. Another version says this, that they could watch for the next season coming. And they knew what action to take. Can I tell you, if you don't know what season you're in, you won't know what action to take. So it's important for you to know if you're in a season where it's time to fight, if it's a season where it's time for me to shut my mouth, If it's a time for me to wait patiently on the Lord. If it's a time for me to go and take new ground. If it's a time for me to start a new business. If it's time for me to start whatever. Like, you need to know your season. Because if you don't know your season, you won't know which action to take. What's crazy is sometimes we get our life in trouble because we're taking actions because we don't have self-awareness. And we think we're in one season and you're not. So these tribes of israel they said they, they knew their season let, let me say it like this god is with you in every season He was with you in the last season. He's with you in this season. He'll be with you in the next season. But can I tell you something? God will be who you need him to be in the season that you are in. Can I tell you? That's how good of a God that we serve. Don't you remember I told you that he has different names for different seasons. There will be a season where he's the Prince of Peace, the Lion of the Tribe of Judah. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the Beginner. There are different names for God for the different seasons. Because can I tell you? There'll be seasons where you need God to be a different God in this season than he was the last season. How many of you know when you're single, you need God to be someone different than when you're married? Come on, how many of you know when you've got kids, you need God to be a different God when you got kids than before you had kids? Like like who my God is to me as a pastor is different than who my God is for me before I was a pastor. Pastor David, what are you saying? Emmanuel, God is with us. But then he says, don't you understand? I'm so powerful. I can be with you in every season that you will go through. Tough seasons, good seasons, dry seasons, fire seasons. When you feel doubt, when you feel full of faith. How many of you are so thankful that God is with us? And he can be who you want him to be when you need him to be it. He is that kind of a God. So someone may be here today and he is the lion of the tribe of Judah because you're taking back what the enemy stole but for some of you he's not a God of war but he's a God of peace he's my prince of peace I need peace in my mind some of you he's using the Holy Spirit to comfort your heart he's a God of all seasons see I've actually come to you today to give you this last point and it really closes the message with jesus saves would you write this down number four it's so not only does he save me in the storm only is he with me in my success not only is jesus with me in my season but jesus saves me from my sin yeah yeah this is so important to you and i because some of you think that when you sin god leaves you and bails on you but can i tell you that's not the truth can I tell you, God saves you and God is with you in your sin. Which, by the way, can I just, can I notify the believers in the house today that there is not one sin that is worse than another? And we as Christians get in trouble when we start to categorize like, oh, that's a worse sin. No, no, no. All sins, come on, how many of you know, sin is sin. Sin is sin is sin. All sin, sin is sin is sin. But, but I love this because God, when he... When he came to be with us, guess what he did? He came to be with us in our sin. I love that because he did not wait for us to get better. He did not wait for us to get cleaner. He did not wait for us to get purer. But he came at a time in humanity, which historians say is one of the darkest, most bloodiest times on the face of the earth with humanity. And it was in that time of history that, Jesus came. And he said, I want to be with them in their darkness, and I want to be with them in our sin. Pastor David, what are you saying? What I'm saying is the next time you sin, You know what, instead of running from God in shame like Adam and Eve did, you should run to God and even yell this, I am the righteousness of Jesus Christ. How do you know that? Because Jesus became our sin so that we could become righteous. Jesus saves us from our sin. That's why it says in Luke chapter 7 that Jesus did no wrong, but he was always hanging out with sinners. In fact, Jesus hung out with sinners and not the religious people so much that they called him a, a winebibber and a glutton. In other words, what they were saying is they were accusing Jesus of all kinds of sinful things because they were jealous that he was impacting sinners. And so they tried to find something wrong with him. But I love it that Jesus said, I didn't come for those who are already saved. I didn't come for those who are already well. How many are so thankful that he came for the sick? He came for the broken. That ought to be good news because sick and broken and hurting is you and me. It is humanity. It is our condition. But Jesus said, in the middle of your sin, I've come to save you. I've come to restore you. I've come to release you. Come somebody give God praise that Jesus saves us from our sin in fact there's this poem that was written and the author is unknown but I remember reading it years ago and it really stuck to me and this is what it says I believe we have it for the screen it says this if our greatest need had been information God would have sent us an educator If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. And I have just come here today to let you know he is with you in your storm. He's with you in your success. He's with you in every season. But the greatest thing is that God sent us a Savior. He came to save us. He came to save us. He came to save us. Come on, give Him praise right now. Thank you, God. Come on, with everyone standing to your feet. Jesus, Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Come on, can you put that graphic up? Jesus saves. He saves. The greatest gift to God, of God, to humanity, is not what He can do for us, but it's what He's already done for us. Can I tell you, Every Sunday, I'm thankful. Man, we have stacks like this of prayer cards. Keep filling those out. Every Tuesday, we prayed. This past Tuesday, we prayed for every single need by name and by request. We're going to see God do breakthroughs. But can I tell you, one of the greatest things that we can do is lift our eyes towards heaven and thank him for what he's already done. Jesus is the Savior. He is our Savior. He is our Savior. He is our King. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today, and you say, Pastor David, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And today I want to ask him to save me from can I tell you the greatest? Can I tell you the greatest decision you will ever make in your life? More than you will work, more than than who you marry more than where you will live more than anything else the most important decision that you will make in your life is to say yes to Jesus I love that scripture says his name will be Jesus but he will be Emmanuel because he will be with us can I tell you Jesus wants to be with you through every storm through all your success and in every season and if you say pastor would you pray for me today I want to ask Jesus to save me from my sin to be my Lord and to be my Savior if that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed I'm not going to embarrass you but I want to pray with you you say pastor would you pray with me today I want to say yes to Jesus on the count of three would you lift your hands Put them right back down one two three yeah Be see your hands yeah yeah thank you thank you thank you thank you yeah at least ten of us come on let's give god praise right now come on yeah come on church yeah let's do something let's all pray this prayer out loud and the bible says when you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart That Jesus saves you will be saved so come on let's lift our voices Jesus today I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior today I say yes to you thank you for saving me thank you for giving me a hope thank you for giving me a future now God I'm excited to begin the greatest part of my life I've ever lived. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give God praise right now. Come on. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.